Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AV Insider. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Moda, and life will sometimes throw, I don't know, a monkey wrench in, into your gears and, and things will happen. And I often wish that there were people there to help me with tech support at a moment's notice when things happen. And luckily for me, I actually had the, the company that could help me out on the podcast as I was having problems. One Vision Resources. They've actually been on the show before. Uh, the show, if I didn't mention already, brought to you by Tascam, which can be found at ravepubs.com under the Rave Radio tab. Check us out. That's where we live. Uh, Joey Kolchinski, the founder and CEO of One Vision Resources, as I named earlier. Joey, welcome to the show. Welcome back, rather. And Thanks, Johnny. Yeah, thank you. And Jason Griffin. Is it Griffin? Griffin. Jason Griffin. Griffin. Yeah, Griffin, you got it. Director of Partner Development also at One Vision Resources. Welcome very to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, man, I'm glad to have you guys back. Um, now, a while back, I had, had the company on the show. So for people who are unfamiliar, you could probably go back and listen to that episode. Or, uh, Joey, if you could give us a quick little recap about yourself, uh, a quick overview of your background and just a little bit about what the company does, and then I'd like to go a little bit more to Jason, Jason's background. You bet. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny, remind me, when was our last, uh, when did we last record uh, our episode? Good, that's a good question. If I look into Google, I could probably get that answer because <laughs> I don't have it written down in front of me. Episode right. 124 back in February of this year. Wow. Okay. All right. So it's been about seven months, uh, six, seven months. So, um, yeah, quick, quick background on me. So, you know, I started in this industry a little bit, um, lightly back in 2001 as a teenager. Um, I had a pretty wealthy family as a client who hired me to rip CDs to MP3s, uh, for those on the show who remember, uh, uh, what that was all about. Um, and that client then sort of, asked me in to continue to service and support all of his IT stuff, networks and computers and personal technology. And uh, eventually in 2008, I started doing it full time. He introduced me to a bunch of friends and family and, you know, IT support turned into AV support and AV support turned into full-blown AV integration. In fact, I fondly remember how my first job was a 25,000 square foot fully integrated multi-zone audio, video, security, access control, cameras, um, HVAC lighting shades, and I had to learn to terminate Cat5 on YouTube. Um, so, you know, that was my uh, first foray into integration, still my most reliable job to date. Um, but uh, over the next several years, I really uh, focused on recurring revenue and service. You know, the service side of my business was really where my passion was. And um, by 2015, I had developed about $100,000 a month in recurring revenue from my 40 families. And, you know, that gave me a lot of experience and a lot of insight into what it meant to deliver a phenomenal service experience to some of the most demanding um, uh, uh, clients, you know, around, uh, figure out how to present it, how to market it, how to sell it, how to manage it on an ongoing basis. Um, and how to build a team that was sustainable and scalable and profitable around service. And so what we did in 2015 was shut down our integration group and effectively write an entire operating manual on how to do service 
uh, how to how to perform awesome service in a sustainable, scalable, and profitable manner um, as an integrator in this industry. And we set out on a mission to partner with integrators who just saw their future as being service, you know, service first, and realizing that their 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 most of the value they have with their client relationships is through the service side of their business. And we've partnered with them to. Um, modernize uh, and transform their entire service departments. Uh, and so we run all of the backend operations of their service departments. We implement their systems and their software. We do their training. We implement processes and best practices. Um, we handle all of their service marketing and their subscription revenue management. Um, and of course, you know, we also do some of their tier one support uh, in their name, uh, picking up the phone or responding to emails saying Acme integration, generally speaking. Um, and ultimately, you know, doing what we do best, which is create awesome service experiences in a sustainable, scalable, and profitable way, and loving every bit of it. Um, you know, I am one crazy nut for just loving service and waking up and going to sleep and thinking and eating and breathing and drinking nothing but service all day long. And um, I'm very lucky and fortunate to be um, surrounded by a team of people that are, are mostly just as crazy as me. Uh, Jason probably being one of them, and I'm very appreciative of it. Well, that's good to hear. And I don't know if that makes you crazy more so than it does maybe more smarter than most of us because service work is never going to go away. So why not make that a, a key part of your business, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a time when, you know, I remember my brother was a mentor of mine, and, and he had always told me, he was like, you know, some, the people will always need service. and there was a time maybe in 2010, 11, 12, when I just thought the technology was getting so simple and I really didn't think that people would need my services anymore. And, you know, it was very quickly uh, proven wrong as this tech got so simple and so cheap. What that meant is it also proliferated everywhere within, the, within a family's life and people just became dependent on all of these technologies, you know, everywhere in their lives. And, you know, if anything, they started to depend on me more and more in order to keep the entire system up and running. And so I would completely agree with you, Johnny. I think that just like in the enterprise environment where the IT department is, you know, now a critical component of a successful business, you know, I think that, you know, any family that has any amount of technology in their lives is going to need and want uh, a technology manager, somebody to manage, maintain, monitor, and support, you know, all of the various technologies, you know, in the family's life, and that includes in their home. Um, and so that's what we're setting up to do with our, our integration partners. Well, that's great. Uh, and I would love to hear more about the partners, but let's get to Jason first. Uh, Jason, if you could tell me a little bit or as much as you'd like, honestly, about your job history in, in terms of the AV or technology space, because maybe this is your first job in that industry or maybe it's your first job ever. I don't know, but I'd love to hear any or all of that story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely not my first uh, job in the industry actually was a long time uh, residential integrator before coming on board with one vision just over uh, a year ago. And so I worked at, you know, several different companies across a couple of different States. Um, doing everything really from starting out in, in the crawl space, right. And, and in the attic, pulling wires, all the way up through trim work and installing racks and eventually got into programming as well, had some experience there, but really I think hit my stride in the industry as a, as a project manager, um, spent a number of years doing project management at a, at a pretty high level at, at some firms out in 
in Southern California mostly and really enjoyed that. Um, did a little bit of work in operations as well and, and even a little bit of sales. So really a deep uh, and diverse background in the world of, of residential integration. But, um, you know, fast for, I'm sorry, rewind a, a couple of years and I had started, um, you know, branching out into doing a little bit of of writing and had started uh, doing doing some work actually with Joey and uh, helping with the content strategy there at One Vision and and figuring out some of that as as a little bit of a side job and you know long story short that that morphed into a a bigger uh, relationship and eventually uh, an offer that I I wanted to absolutely take up to come on board with One Vision and help uh, lead up the the partner development group so you know my my passions in the industry are really around business best practices and and thinking about the future of the industry and the big picture is something that I've always taken a lot of pride in doing. And so, like I said, when the opportunity came about to to join the team at One Vision, I jumped on it, was really excited for that and uh, ha- have never looked back. I really enjoy uh, working with Joey and the rest of the team. Like he said, we're, we're really a passionate group who think that, believe very deeply that, that the future of the industry, you know, service is an absolutely vital component of that and helping our partners really figure that out and map out a strategy to not only provide their clients with a better experience, but to do it in, in a more profitable way, in a more sustainable way is, is really what, what makes us tick. And so I'm lucky to get up every day and, and work for this company. The, the job that I do, like I alluded to, or like you mentioned, is the, the director of partner development. And you know what that, what that translates to is really uh, waking up every day and, and thinking really hard about how we can give all of our partners those that's what we refer to the integrators who who join our platform uh, give give our partners all of the the tools and the training and the resources that they need to make full use of our platform in the most efficient way possible to get to success a, as quickly as possible and and we're structured in a way that our success here at one vision is tied very deeply to that of our partners and so we're really we invest very heavily in the partner development group and, and training and education and that ongoing relationship building and just working very, very closely with them, which I'm sure we'll talk about more here in the, in the conversation to come is, is something that we think is, is hugely important for both them and for us. And I'm, like I said, really lucky to, to play a very proactive role in, in doing that for our, our partners and, and really trying to help the industry at large Kind of think about service in a different way, right? And and it's it's really exciting. Do do either one of you get any sort of um, I guess shock to the idea of a of a service company, right? So when uh, when going out there looking for partners with other integrators or whomever, whomever this may be, do a lot of people still get the I guess the sort of confused look as to what exactly is your business? Right. Because I think in the early stages, I think a lot of people were, were trying to wrap their head around uh, a service contract. Right. Just that alone, uh, that concept. So do people are still stumbling with that or is it pretty is it is everyone sort of, I guess, just figured it out now and, and it makes sense to have this. Joey. Yeah. I- yeah, I'll uh, I'll say the biggest point of confusion that comes up quite a bit is that um, despite all the explanation, right, even after everything I've said and that Jason has said, people will probably still walk away. If they were to stop listening right now, they might think, oh, yeah, sounds like they're just a call center and answering service and, you know, 
they make money for doing sort of tier one support. And, you know, it's less of, you know, I, I don't think anybody's confused that a service company like ours exists. I think the confusion comes about um, in regards to what is it that we actually do. And tier one tech support is actually probably five or 10% of what we do. It's actually a means to an end of creating a sustainable, scalable, and profitable service infrastructure within an integration company. Um, and there's so many other problems that have to get solved. And it's why we've started participating in leadership meetings with our integration partners and their management meetings. And we help them determine compensation strategies for their support team to be on call. And we help them figure out their marketing strategies. And we help you know, the CEOs and the, the project managers and the service managers and all the techs who are getting all these phone calls and text messages to the cell phone still from their clients. We help them think through how do they stop that pattern? You know, there, there's the systems that have to get implemented. And then there's the ongoing R&D around, you know, what is it that end users actually want to get in terms of service within their home? And what is it that they're willing to pay for? And how do you have to phrase it to them in such a way that they don't think that you're installing a big system that's just going to fail all the time, that service is so important, right? Like there's just so many components here that have to get solved. And if all you do is throw a call center at this, you actually just make the whole problem worse, right? Because you, you, you aren't creating an integrated unit that is able to cohesively and comprehensively address this entire service problem um, that really touches on every aspect of the company's operation, right? Like when you really implement service properly, you're changing the way the company sells upfront. You're changing the way a project manager closes a project. You're changing the way the service manager takes over. You're changing the way that the service technicians actually go into the house and engage in service. There's just so many components that get affected. And we had to build an entire company, an entire service offering, an entire skill set and a team of professionals that just did nothing other than focus on all of these problems. And oh yeah, we also happen to have a team of support techs that do tier one tech support, right? But that's a means to an end, right? That, that really isn't why people hire us, right? They hire us to come in and really solve the entirety of the service problem and address the entire challenge um, that the service problem has represented that, you know, Frankly, we've been dealing with since probably ITG exposed it for all of us in 2008 as a massive opportunity, you know, with their monitoring appliance. And, you know, we're just sort of taking it uh, to the next level and, um, and realizing that there are many more problems that need to be solved. So that's where I think the confusion comes from is, you know, it's not that, oh, what does your company do? It's more of people, you know, a lot of people we still come across today, um, whether it's people in the media or it's, you know, other manufacturers or, you know, other vendors, they sort of think that we're still just a, a call center. And because that's what, that's what they probably, that's what they think would solve the problem. And we've learned firsthand that it requires way more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just, I'll just echo on that a little bit, Johnny, in, in and speak to it from, you know, Joey is, is much more involved on the, on the front end and the business development and sales side of, of, of the business. And then partners come into our, into our sphere of influence here onto our platform. And, and I, I think that what they experience is really, yeah, it's like, like the, the, the public at large or the industry at large may not have a great sense for 
uh, how comprehensive the offering is. And, and what we really like to think about ourselves, an analogy that we like to use a lot is, it's like hiring a, a director of service. So if you're an integrator and you really start to think about the, the high level executive conversations that have to happen in your company to really push you forward. And, and most integrators are, think a lot about what's our project execution strategy and what's our business development strategy and how do we get in front of influencers in our market and do more project sales and, and this and that. And that's, that's fantastic. All of that stuff absolutely has to happen. It's vital for those companies to, to remain healthy. But you know what a lot of these companies just don't have the resources and time and energy to devote to that same sort of focus is to service, right? And so by partnering with One Vision, what you really get is that company, is that almost virtual director of service, like as if you hired um, this whole service team overnight that can come in and, and not only help you offload some of that burden of service through our white label support team, but you know we've got an ent entire par partner marketing department that sets up marketing campaigns and automations and landing pages and payment processing and subscription management and all of the pieces that have to go into an effective RMR and service monetization strategy. That's all done, turnkey. And then the partner development team that, that I'm part of, you know, we're, we're the arm of the company that's really focused on training. So best practices and, and what are the, you know, the things that you can do to really differentiate your company and use service not as as something that you know don't don't treat service as something that needs to be brushed under the rug or just like a problem to be dealt with but how do you actually really go out and leverage it as as the ultimate competitive differentiator in your market in this in this home technology market that's increasingly sort of commoditizing and things are getting easier to do and service is becoming more and more important uh, as a way to differentiate your company so you know you start to put all of those pieces together and and you get a sense for how comprehensive the offering is and yeah you know it's a great question like what is a service company who is one vision and and we really uh that that's the big thing that we always try to convey is that this is so much more than just a um a white label service offering or a call center that really is the tip of the iceberg and what we're really trying to do is a service transformation right change management like really help your organization uh, get in a better position and, and really have a better, I, I guess, overall relationship with, with service. Uh, could either one of you, or maybe separately would be nice, uh, give me some examples or one individually of what your partner development means or the training for that? Uh, yeah, sure. Like I, I can definitely jump in there first. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of components to it. So, you know, maybe, maybe talking about a new partner when they first sign on, with one vision and, and walking a little bit through what that, what that life cycle looks like. And so one of the things that we do that we think is really unique is we fly out to our partner companies. We send members of our team to a new partner to literally spend a couple of days in their city, right? Go out to dinner with the leadership team, come in the next day and have like an all day training session where we go through and touch every part of the organization because we believe very firmly that you can't look at service in a vacuum, right? Solving service isn't just about dealing with the service team. You also have to have a sales team who understands how to talk about service and how to sell these, uh, what you call service plans. We call them memberships. Uh, is your service team comfortable with that? Is your project team really on board with what it takes to set your service team up for success? 
does your leadership team have the reinforcement that they need in order to get everybody bought in to this whole service transformation concept because it's a big investment. And we've found that by sending people out to their site to really create those face-to-face -face connections and those human touch points is a, a very, very powerful way to, to kick the relationship off and really get people to understand that this is a big, a big endeavor that we're about to go tackle together. And, but if we're all moving in lockstep and we're moving in the same direction, we're, we're going to go out there and find success together. So I think that's one of the coolest things that, that we do that I like to talk about because I, I really do think it's, it's a, it's a unique way of, of going about, you know, training our, our partners. Now that of course is just the beginning. We've got an entire online Academy, one vision Academy that's, self-paced learning modules that are really broken down into bite-sized pieces so our partners can go in there and you know take courses when they have time and get up to speed on some of those concepts um, one of the big things we like to think about when it comes to our one vision academy is a concept called the flipped classroom and this is an idea that's that's growing increasingly popular in in higher ed and and the idea is you know traditionally you would go sit in a classroom and you would take a long lecture from a, a teacher and then you would go home and, and do your homework. And if you had questions or challenges that you were trying to work through, you'd have to wait until the next time you were back in front of that teacher to, to get help. Flipping the classroom is literally putting that on its head. So what we're doing is effectively taking that quote unquote lecture portion of the, of the education and giving it to our partners in a way that they can go consume it on their own time and then come back in the, the, the quote unquote lecture time where we're actually together on a video conference or in a webinar or whatever that is, is spent really diving in and specifically you have challenges. Like where did you have questions? Where do you think you're adopting these new processes in your company? And let's use our time together instead of just going through like a rote sort of mechanical lecture. Um, so those are a couple examples of, of things we do that I think are fairly unique. We've got a really robust help center that we've built out, of course, as well, and uh, and a great a great team of people who are passionate about about training and, and education. Everybody on the partner development team really uh, gets energized by working with our partners to to get them up to speed. As far as your the, the academy, is that something that is provided to your partners? Uh, as part of their membership, or are there different like uh, ranges of memberships? And because uh, I, I don't really need to discuss like the the costs, but like if there are you know certain benefits that would range by being different. Um, I don't want to say tiers, but different levels of a membership with your company. Do you get like better support yeah, or academy functions? There's there's not in the sense that you're asking, right? Like like you're either um, you know you're a partner or or you're not. Like there's there's no different tiers of, mm -hmm. of partnerships at One Vision. Um, when we talk about memberships, that's again that's actually the service plans that we're selling through to clients. So that's a bit of a separate topic. To answer your question directly, the One Vision Academy right now is an exclusive benefit to all of our partners. Like all of our partners have access to that as, as part of the, as part of the partnership. We have certainly had conversations about democratizing that knowledge at some point, right. And, and potentially opening some of that service playbook up to, to the industry at large. Um, not sure w when we'll really take a look at doing that right now. It's, it's very much a focus on, on making it available to our partners as a, you know, as a, as a benefit and, and really it's in our interest to, 
to have everybody in there. We all, we all win if, if, we're, if we're making that material easy to digest, easy to understand, and, and giving them flexible options so they can engage with it you know, when they have the time, right? Our partners are busy people. Right. So we want to make it as easy as possible. Yeah, well, no, that's great. I, I Johnny, was, yes, go ahead, Jerry. I, I was going to say Jason did a, a great job of, of laying out sort of all the various tools that we use to really engage and train with our partners, whether it's, you know, our online e-learning academy or it's our knowledge base or it's flying out or it's all of our video conferences that we do on a regular basis. Um, but the, the topic specifically that we can get involved in you know, uh, sort of can range from the various rote and and repetitious, such as um, streamlining hourly rates. You know, during our onboarding process with every partner, we are evaluating their entire hourly billing structure. How do they do it? What do they have? Trip charges, travel charges, different rates for different skills. And we help them get to a vastly simplified structure of just a single hourly rate. We run the math with them. We show them the various weighted averages. And, you know, the goal is simplify the offering to the client so that the client has a simpler understanding of just generally speaking, what is it going to cost them to engage in support? And part of that is having a very simple billing structure. And so we work on our, on our, uh, with our partners on specifically that problem. Another one is if you're going to introduce service at the proposal stage with the client, how do you do that? Right? Do you bundle it all in and bury it into the proposal? Do you add it as a line item on the proposal? Do you actually go and talk about it with the client and maybe just present them with a worksheet that, not a worksheet, but almost a selection sheet of, hey, look, you know, just want to make sure as part of this proposal that you also select a membership that's right for you, right? And so we work with them in whatever proposal system they have, whether it's eTools or BidMagic or QuickBooks or um, iPoint or Project 360. We work with them to add the, the memberships to their proposal system so that uh, they can actually pre-select it and add it to the proposal directly uh, and get it in front of the client. Another one is compensation strategies for their service team. You know, part of delivering excellent service means that, you know, while we can handle the tier one support um, all the time, uh, we, you know, need to be able to escalate things to their team when we can't solve them, solve the problem. And that means their team needs to be available after hours for seven days a week in order to provide that sort of seven-day-a-week coverage to their clients. And that means that their team needs to be compensated somehow for handling issues after hours and on weekends. How do you do that? How do you do that in California specifically where having people work after hours, you know, requires paying them time and a half? That's a really difficult problem to solve. And so we've gone and solved that. And we strategize with the leadership team on how to do that properly. You know, and another one, this is my favorite one, is when partners have these really big MDU projects that come online and they're engaging with a builder or a developer who, uh, or, or a property manager that wants to add a value-added benefit of tech support to their MDU. And the integrator wants to figure out how to go and secure 500 service contracts you know, across a large MDU. And we literally will go in and help strategize with our partners on how to price that, how to think through what the costs are, what the value is, what the various incentives are of the various parties at play. Um, and in some cases, we'll even fly down there and we'll help negotiate the deal with the integrator. So, you know, we get very, very involved with our partners and in their day-to-day -day businesses because, as Jason said, Service is something that touches every aspect of your company. 
Um, and one of my most favorite conclusions of all that came out of a, a recent training with one of our partners was when the partner made this, had this realization of, wait a second, if I'm going to have one of my techs available on call at any given time during the week, and it's now no longer all of us on call all the time, which is sort of the way most integrators operate today, then that means my tech needs to be well-versed in almost any of the technologies that my clients have, and yet I find myself being a savant and a control for and an Elan dealer. But I install control for 80% of the time and savant 15% of the time and Elan 5% of the time. And they start to, the gears start to turn in their heads and they're like, huh, it almost doesn't make sense at all to focus on savant or Elan in that case. I should just focus all my efforts on this one, um, on this one uh, brand, let's say it's control four, because ultimately I need to make sure that my service team is properly trained and they can handle it. And if I have to keep them trained on all of these different brands, that becomes really problematic and really expensive. And when we start to see our partners think that way, that's a major win for us because that means that they totally are starting to get and internalize the fact that service is not an afterthought. Service is something that actually has to lead the strategy and development of the company. And regardless of which brand you choose, pick a brand and then recognize that your whole team's got to be trained on it properly. And so if you're picking multiple brands, that's much more costly to you, right? And it may not be worth doing that just to go get the next project, right? That's a big win, right? For the, the success and the health of the entire company. So that's the kind of stuff that we focus on with our partners. And like I said, do we happen to do tier one tech support? Sure. We do a little bit of that and that's like five or 10% of what we do. But again, it's a means to an end. It's something that we have to do in order to solve this entire problem, but it's just one small component. It's definitely a nice bonus that something that you offer, right? Yes, you just happen to do that, which is nice, right? It's, uh, I think it would be more frustrating if maybe you didn't do that, right? It's, it's something that it's there. It's not all of what you do, but it is, uh, it is definitely a nice, uh, I would say, added feature. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of your... Um, flying out to your partners back in February when we discussed the size or the area from which uh, you happen to get those calls at, you know, your, uh, from your service of being a call center at that function, not in saying that you are that, but um, I don't recall where the calls answering were based out of. And if also it was purely localized your company that is to the United States. So I think that it was, and I don't know since then if you've sort of grown beyond that or started to think outside of the United States or for now, United States is where, where your company will remain. Yeah, so uh, the vast majority of our team is based out of Boston. Jason here also on the show is, is actually based out of Denver. And one of our other team members is based out of Austin, Texas. Um, but our entire support team is, is based out of Boston. And, uh, you know, I think that we have learned, I, I think we, we had ideas of potentially having a distributed support team and have recognized that there's way too much value that comes from actually having the support team all at the headquarters and all, you know, gelling together and all appreciating learning from one another and being within each other's physical presence, you know, from 6am to 10pm, we have you know, people in the office. Um, and the only time we have people working remotely is from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. overnight. And that is too valuable to give up uh, and start distributing across the country. 
So for now, you know, we also aren't having a problem, by the way, sourcing phenomenal talent in the Boston area. I mean, there are just way too many Apple stores and Best Buys and Verizon stores and AT&T stores that produce, you know, if you just take the top 10% of the, you know, tech support people out of those environments, you have more than enough people uh, to, to, to fill our staffing needs. Um, and in terms of taking on integrators, you know, outside of the United States, we, you know, we're certainly spread across, you know, probably, you know, almost half of the states in the U.S. at this point, from Hawaii all the way to the East Coast. Um, in terms of other countries, we have a partner in Canada now, so technically we're across North America. Nice. Um, we've, we've explored the U.K. and other English-speaking, you know, areas. We've even engaged with some integrators in the Middle East. Uh, you know, the trouble, you know, comes down to language, which in the UK, you know, English is certainly uh, the, the language there, then that, that's not that much of an issue. Um, but the bigger problem comes down to, you know, uh, privacy regulations and sales tax issues and things of that nature, given that we're responsible for way more than just handling support, you know, we're managing all the recurring revenue, all the subscriptions, all the data. Um, and so there's a lot more stuff that has to be looked at. And that's why, you know, we, we tend to be pretty careful about which partners, which countries we, we engage in. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if other English-speaking countries were um, part of our mix, you know, sometime in the future. The reason I asked was because I think, again, back then in February, I think you were uh, still purely in the United States. And I think we discussed that yep. you were looking at other areas. And I guess the second part of the question I just asked you is, now that you are in Canada and in Europe, um, were, were you getting demands to, to bring your business and services elsewhere? Right. Cause like, like you said, you know, service isn't, you know, purely just here and it's not just a, a certain, it's not a recurring uh, monthly revenue for one aspect. It's all parts of your business and that affects businesses all over the world. So I guess my question is, where have you been approached by other people from other countries? Yeah, we're routinely approached, uh, you know, from integrators in Australia, in New Zealand, in South Africa, in the Middle East, in Mexico. Um, you know, the integrators in Mexico and even in Southern Florida are all asking us, you know, can you handle Spanish speaking at this point? Um, you know, and so, so yeah, we get requests from, from all over. Uh, you know, the vast majority, though, I would say that's probably about 5% of our requests. You know, the vast majority of requests are coming from internally inside the U.S. Interesting. Um, and then I guess you, you brought up an important question. Are you handling multiple languages or is it purely uh, English at this point? It's purely English at this point. You know, Spanish is certainly, you know, next on the list in terms of a language uh, to be able to support. Um, and there are some interesting solutions out there, uh, you know, that, that go beyond just having, you know, Spanish speaking staff. Uh, but again, being in Boston, you know, there are actually quite a few Spanish-speaking, um, there's, qu there's quite a large Spanish-speaking contingent here. Um, and so, you know, I suspect when we make that a priority in early 2019, you know, we will be able to address that need quite easily. Um, but that's certainly next on our list. Interesting. I feel like you have grown so much in this short amount of time since February. Uh, you know, in other countries, yeah. lar larger uh, people, larger requests, and really... Um, I don't know. It just feels like the demand is increasing and people are, are starting to reach out and, and you are also as well, right? Makes sense for you to partner with these people. Uh, Jason, you know, takes care of that and you'll fly where need be and right. You'll train. And I, I don't know if this is incorrect, but it feels like your company is 
you know, it's, it's more than just servers, right? I mean, I, I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting is that you are um, sort of a li liaison or business consultant to businesses of the, of the United States, Canada and Europe, uh, basically how to, to run your business properly. I mean, that's what I'm getting out of it anyway. It certainly feels that way. And that's why, you know, I know we internalize that and, um, we've always seen ourselves as that and really struggled to, you know, make it a reality until we sort of started to ask ourselves, well, if, if we're going to see ourselves as director of service, we can't just do it remotely and we can't just do it with sporadic engagements with our partners. We have to be far more uh, systematic about how we engage with them and far more personal. And so that's why we made a very conscious decision actually in the middle of this year uh, to start to fly out to our partners and do our onboardings in person, really engage with them and get to know them. We have leadership meetings with their leadership team at the very least on a quarterly basis, if not on a monthly basis in some cases. Um, we've invested heavily in our partner development team you know, that Jason heads up. You know, we have four full-time people that are focused exclusively on just training our partners. Right. And, you know, and that that's that's saying something. Right. Just just all they focus on is developing content, engaging with our partners whenever they need to be engaged with. They are you know, probably meeting with every single partner at the very least once a month, um, on average, probably once every every two to three weeks, um, whether it's about quality of service with their service manager or it's about membership and recurring revenue sales goals with their sales team. Um, or it's on various friction points happening within the company as the company is trying to grow with the CEO or their director of operations, um, you know, or it's on billing strategies with their finance or billing, billing team. You know, it's just the, the, we, we are now that we've made an investment in that type of relationship, you know, indeed our partners are starting to come to us on a whole variety of topics. And, you know, again, if, if it's something we can add value to, we're more than happy to, to engage and and our mission is to really make our integrators the, the best possible integrators in the industry um, and we want to help them do that through service and through best practices and and you know it's I think they they find themselves you know I think they're really they they find themselves benefiting from having a 30 person business that focuses nothing on on nothing other than simply best practices and how to do things better right and that's what we do Right, it's all we do day in and day out. That's great. Uh, I, this, I think that's kind of bringing towards the end of the show here. Uh, unless there's anything the two of you feel that you should really uh, touch on before we finish up here. Yeah, you know, one one thing that just sort of jumped into my mind as, as Joey was was finishing up there is we've talked a lot about um, strategies and best practices and and training and the relationships we build with our partners and. Uh, you know, monetization strategies and recurring monthly revenue, obviously a big, <clears throat> a big part of what we do and how, how people think about us and certainly how, how we think about ourselves as well. But one thing we haven't touched on really that, that I think is important to mention at least quickly is the, the service technology component of what we do. You know, not, not all of this training is just about uh, best practices and how to engage with your clients and that stuff's hugely important, but a lot of it's very tactical as well. So, you know, one of the things that we know from all of our research is that a relatively small number of, of home technology professionals are actually using a true enterprise grade ticketing system to run their service departments. 
And for a host of reasons that I won't you know, spend time itemizing here, that, that's a hugely important step to really becoming a top-notch service company. And so we have a, a ticketing platform that's part of, our, part of our solution. When you come on as a One Vision partner, you get access to, the, to that ticketing platform and we spin it up for you. It's turnkey. We get you trained on it. Um, we've got tools to help you manage on call. So Joey mentioned it earlier where a lot of integrators, you know, on call is, is kind of this, this best effort thing where it's like everybody is just kind of expected to have their cell phone on. And if it starts ringing, you know, do your best to answer it because it's probably an important client who needs help and, and we're going to do our best to get to them. Well, that's, that's okay. Uh, it doesn't scale, right? And it's not how you get to that best in class position of, of really being a differentiated service provider. So we've got a specific solution that we went out there and vetted and found and developed all of the training for our partners for um, that gives a very specific process to when we have to, if, you know, when we have to escalate a ticket to our, our partner, who we call advanced support, you know, there is a, a predefined person on call and there is a sequence of events that happens where that person is going to get a series of phone calls, texts, emails. We can configure all of that. And if for whatever reason they're not able to answer, it's going to go to a second person and then it's going to, you know, there's a whole escalation policy. So there are these sort of technology solutions and systems in place. The, the third final example I wanted to provide is, is a visual support app uh, that we went out and found. This is, uh, you know, really pretty cutting edge technology that's, that's fairly expensive and cost prohibitive to go do if you're just a, a solo integrator. But because of our scale, we were able to go out and, and get a deal with this company to where when we're handling support, uh, support events at the basic support level, we're able to literally spin up a secure video call right on the client's phone. And we can see through their camera, we can annotate and draw things on their screen. So if we're trying to tell them to unplug a certain cable, we can actually circle it, we can control their flashlight, uh, you can pull up web pages if you need to give them more information about something. So it's a very, very sophisticated support tool that, that is um, you know, hardly used by anybody in, in this industry, but our partners get access to that. So we're constantly going out there and vetting new service technology and figuring out you know, what are the ways that we can um, empower our partners to, to really stay out in front of the game and be leveraging the best technology to stay efficient, stay on top of their game and, and deliver their clients, you know, the best possible service experience. That's awesome. Um, are you guys working or, well, I guess I imagine you would constantly try and update um, your offerings, right? And the, those visual tools are, are, I imagine are very, very crucial to being uh, what separates you from everyone else, right? Uh, services like that, like you said, doing it better, doing it right, being more efficient, uh, just getting rid of the clutter, making it simplified, and at the end of the day, really separating work from life and and just doing it right. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it it, it truly is a, a, a nonstop process, and a big part of what what we do is we feel like you know it's it's that looking at service like a product and how do you develop that product, right? And continually scanning the horizon for, for new tools and, and strategies and techniques that we can put in place to help make them more profitable, more sustainable, more scalable. That's what we do every day and, and we love it. We're, we're really uh, blessed to be able to do what we do at the company. We have a great time doing it, a fantastic network of, of partners that's, that's growing 
and uh, really, really exciting times. That's awesome. I would love to see you guys have like a, like a one vision app one day. Yeah. yeah. We think about that often. Yeah. Just making that, you know, like the, the nexus of, of your, uh, your toolkit, basically everyone's got, you know, this amazing, wonderful supercomputer in their pocket right now. That's and right. Just the things that can be done with it. Uh, and, and tell, I don't know if that would even make sense, but yeah, some, another, just adding another well, layer there. Johnny, as an as an example, we actually do have a One Vision portal right now for each of our partners. So it's not exactly an app, but every one of our partners has an entire portal that they log into uh, and their whole team has access to. And every single tool that exists within our arsenal is available to them right there. And then whether it's client facing or it's internal or it's a systems login or it's scheduling meetings with us. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're one step away from that. Uh, but, um, you know, we are actively working on, on strategies to, to continue to deploy those types of tools to our, our partners. Um, and to piggyback off Jason's, you know, site call example with the video chat, you know, other examples of technology that we've started to implement, you know, one is um, the fact that we used to be a single RSM support provider, meaning we exclusively focused on IDG. And that was a long time ago, and we realized, man, that was quite hampering and limiting for our partners. And so we went and did, you know, put in the effort to actually start to um, uh, 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 implement and support and use Backpack and Oversee and uh, uh, Domotes and Ihiji. So now a partner can just tell us, great, this house uses Ihiji, we log into Ihiji, and that house uses Domotes, and great, we log into Domotes. And you know, we're not limited to one platform. Uh, so that's another example where we really, you know, leveraged our resources to go and, and adopt multiple technologies. And one more that's coming out, you know, and, and if uh, with this show going live after Cedia, then, you know, uh, it's safe to announce here. But, you know, we're going to be launching our network security membership. So for the first time, integrators are really going to have something where they can sell, you know, have, have a network security offering they can sell to their clients. Uh, to generate uh, recurring revenue and add, you know, incredibly valuable uh, peace of mind and service to their clients. We are using a Cisco-based product to do that. So these are the same pieces of hardware and services that enterprise uh, enterprises use and Fortune 500 companies use. Um, and it's going to be pre-configured, zero config for the integrator, drop ship, plug and play uh, for any integrator to install in any one of their networks. Um, and so we're really excited about, you know, again, the, what we're able to do uh, to leverage our available resources to go and adopt best technologies, best practices, um, and develop the processes for our integrators to implement it within their companies in a turnkey fashion to go and continue to deliver amazing service experiences, you know, in a sustainable, scalable, and profitable manner every time. Um, so we're, we're really excited. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing with us. I appreciate it. And thank you, Jason, for your time as well. I appreciate both your times. You're far uh, ahead in time than I am. I'm over in the West Coast. So thank you both for your time and yeah. knowledge. I do appreciate it. And as uh, you have more success stories and um, stuff to announce, I would love to have you back. Or if either one of you or both have uh, just more time to dedicate to share with our listeners about the RMR services, part of your company, or just running businesses and doing things right, I would love to have you both back and just discuss anything you would like to. Um, just let me know. It would be great. 
Um, and in terms of anyone out there who is interested in learning more about the company, obviously, uh, you could head over to the website, which is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it just onevisionresources.com? You got it. Yep, that's correct. Uh, and imagine, that, is that the best way to reach out to you guys is just start there at the website? Yeah, certainly uh, onevisionresources.com. There's a contact page on there. Um, Joey and I are both pretty easy to find on, uh, on LinkedIn as well. And I know he and I are both, both very active there. So yeah, if anybody wanted to connect uh, with me directly to learn about, about the One Vision platform, either one would be great. Uh, hop, hop on over to the website or you know, just find me on LinkedIn, Jason Griffin. Uh, there's a G at the end of my last name. That makes, my, <laughs> that makes me pretty easy to find. Um, and I would, I would absolutely love to, to hear from anybody listening. Um, you know, we're, we're always excited to talk about service. Legitimately, like, even if it's just a question to be used as a sounding board, uh, we love it. We, I learn every, I learn something every time I engage in a, in a conversation about service with someone in the industry. I, I really enjoy it. So would encourage anybody to reach out, uh, with any question we'd, we'd be happy to, to engage. Well, thank you both very much. Again, I do appreciate it. Uh, if anyone has any questions for me, you can always reach out to me in my email. It's just Johnny, J-O-H, N-N-Y, at ravepubs.com. And again, everyone listening, the show, AV Insider, can be found at ravepubs.com under the Rave Pub, or Rave Pub Radio, Rave Radio tab. One of those things is probably true where I host the show. And of course, it's, it's uh, brought to you by Tascam. Jason and Joey, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. Everyone, this has been AV Insider. Thank you for listening. Have a great evening and we'll talk to you on the next one.